This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 140 of the Healthy Critters Radio on the Horse Radio Network. Healthy Critters Radio is brought to you by Biostar US. Find them online at biostarus.com. On today's show, we share tips for rehabbing horses. In Patapedia, we share what things we can do for our animals as the climate gets warmer. In Critter Nutrition, the focus is on bridging Eastern medicine and Western science. And in Coffee Clutch, we share our favorite dog movies. Listen in. And I'm Patty. And over here we have George. <laughs> hello, hello. Sorry, I just wasn't sure. I didn't think I should just jump in like that. How's it of going? Of course, this is a jumping in kind of show. <laughs> I usually knock on we the door the before I walk in the house. <laughs> <laughs> the door was open, You have to look. <laughs> oh, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, and George is our producer while Jen and Glenn are uh, roaming around the countryside Playing, um, just playing. <laughs> yeah. They're just playing. I I think, you know, I wanted to do that where's, you know, that where's Waldo. That's what I <laughs> where's Glenn and Jen? Yes. That would have been good. Where in the world is Glenn and Jen? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I, I had this thought that. Even though Glenn is posting on Facebook about where they are, that that's not really it's they sort of just created that ahead of time and they're off somewhere else sneakily, subversively. I think you're probably undercover. Right. <laughs> yeah, they're undercover somewhere and they don't want to in their mobile schedule. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, we have a really good show coming up, so um, let's go. So, Patty P., I watched the most incredible documentary twice. Oh, really? Yes. It's called what, what is it? Fantastic Fungi. Now, oh I know gosh. that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I, yes. yes I, I know. But okay. it's the most incredible story of the role of fungi in our planet universe and the visuals are absolutely mind blowing the the okay. mycelium in the soil is like the internet for the forest oh okay that's cool so it's like a communication web interesting yeah where did you watch this uh it's on netflix and amazon prime Okay. And I gave it as a homework assignment to everybody who works at Biostar. <laughs> I'm sure they're just like, oh, great. So I have to be on time and I have homework? <laughs> everybody loved it. And in fact, okay, my production manager was so inspired, she has now signed up to learn how to grow mushrooms. Really? Yes. That's kind of cool. It's very cool. All right, I'm going to have to watch it. And there's this great part of it 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 centers around paul stamets who is one of the world's best 
known mycologist, right? And he's self-taught. He didn't go to school for it. And he was a stutterer. And when he was, you know, a teenager, he was very shy and he didn't, wasn't doing well in school because he stuttered. And somehow he got some psilocybin mushrooms and he got a bag of it. And no one told him that you only need like to eat one or two little mushrooms. He thought, oh, they gave me a bag. I'll eat the bag. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So he climbs up into this tree and a storm is coming. And of course, he's feeling the the experience of it of hallucinogenic mushrooms, and he's hanging on to the tree, and the storm blows by, and and in the middle of the storm, he says, "I I I don't want to ever stutter. I don't want to ever stutter." And he says he says it like a hundred times. The storm is over. He climbs down from the tree. He goes home, and he just goes right to bed. Wakes up the next morning, and he walks outside, and there's a girl that he can never speak to because he's so shy and doesn't, you know, stutter. And she says, you know, Hey, Paul. And he lifts his head and he goes, well, good morning. And he never stuttered again. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. So it's those kinds of really personal stories. Um, but it, it's the interconnectedness that, to me is so profound and and it's what we forget. Like when you're walking in the forest and you put your foot down, you are literally stepping on, on an incredible network of communication Mm -hmm. that you don't even know about. And, and I, I, I think in this 21st century, we've gotten so disconnected that the, the fungi are are really good reminders of how we need to take care of one another by this interconnectedness, by recognizing it. Yeah, it's a powerful, powerful documentary, and yeah, visually, I, I have to watch that. Blow your mind. Yeah, it's okay. great. I, I, you can. It will be my homework. Excellent. How about you, George? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I think I can um, make some uh, lush room in my schedule. <laughs> yeah, uh, thanks for having me. I'm full of them. <laughs> oh, that's funny. And in that in that theme of of connectedness, our our uh, round table is is rehabbing horses, and because there's. I think that that can be a very, very difficult thing for a human to do as a caretaker for a horse. And it can be very frustrating for the horse. And I, I think there are ways that we could make it easier for both. So let's go on to rehabbing horses. I agree. Well, I, I thought this was such a good topic, Tigger. Um, because I recently was concerned that I was going to have to be on stall rest because I did something to my foot and it was panicking me. <laughs> so when you were, when you said we do this, it's like, oh, this is so like hot on my mind right now. Because the biggest thing to me is keeping them entertained, you know, and making sure they stay happy when they've got to be. Because um, sometimes, you know, um, I actually had a horse once that 
had broken its leg and was, it could not go out of the stall. And one of the things that I did was try to keep a normal routine of going yeah. in and grooming and keeping like keeping the blood circulating. Um, but I, I still clipped the horse and I still like, you know, did everything as if we were going to ride. And I tried to do that a couple times a day where we'd go in and curry and brush and, you know, whatever. That was like a big thing. And then of course, like putting any sort of toy in there. I, I always loved doing milk jugs because I like them. Um, squish, like, <laughs> just run into know. them and squish them. Yeah. I, I learned, I have since learned to take the tops off because I always thought it was kind of funny, but if you get a horse that really runs into that milk jug, the tops will blow off yes. <laughs> and they will, they will hit somebody in the eye. I'm just saying. <laughs> what, what, what things have you had to do too? A lion, you know, broke his coffin bone in two places. So he was stall bound for four months. Mm -hmm. And um, the biggest thing I learned from that was protein. The horse's body will cannibalize itself if it's not getting enough protein. And of course, when we have a horse that's not working and not exercising, we immediately think, well, we need to cut back on the food. Well, we need to cut back on the, the, the calories, but we shouldn't be cutting back on protein. You've seen, I mean, I'm sure everybody has seen a horse that has been in layup and they start losing muscle. Mm-hmm. And I will say that Lion never lost any muscle because I oh, kept the protein levels up. And I didn't do it with alfalfa hay because there's almost too much protein and when they're confined it can make them a little ditzy mm-hmm. so <laughs> you know alfalfa cubes or alfalfa pellets are a great way to keep all the essential amino acids in the horse's system and um i i stress that to people who are rehabbing horses just don't cut down the protein it's one of the challenges when you're feeding Uh, a commercial feed is that, you know, if your horse normally gets two quarts and now you're down to one or a half, they're, they're still Mm -hmm. in volume. They're not getting enough. So if you're on commercial feed, add some alfalfa pellets or add some Timothy pellets and even put in a, you know, if you need to, uh, something to, to support amino acid production or a muscle building, uh, supplement because it's harder to build back from a, a cannibalization of protein than it is to maintain it and and yeah. definitely try to keep them you know emotionally and mentally stable and, and I know that's a real challenge because they can get they can get nutsy and hurt hurt themselves oh yeah uh, for sure you know I Biostar has several products to deal with that but I love your idea of, you know, grooming and maintaining that kind of touch connection routine so that they don't feel like, oh, well, I can't ride you anymore. So, you know, Mm -hmm. and changing everything. It it just to me was like one of the biggest things because when this particular, you know, horse broke its leg, it was was in the stall for months and months and months. Um, and he did, by the way, make a full recovery, which was amazing. But, uh, just making sure he continued to get attention and cause he couldn't get up and down, um, for the first couple months. I can't remember exactly how long it was. So just, I, you know, just keeping blood stimulated and keeping them, 
feeling like they were still in somewhat of a program. And he really ended, he did quite well, fortunate that way, but you know, but just hanging toys and stuff. Um, I know one other trainer um, puts big stuffed animals in her horses stalled. <laughs> um, I've, I've tried that too, just, just to like normally keep them occupied. But there is this thing called a hay ball, which is great. It's a little loud, unfortunately, because if they get it rolling around in the stall, it does hit up against the stall, but it, and you can put alfalfa in it, which is great because, but they have to really work at it. Not a hay net, it's a hay ball. I don't know if you've seen them together, but they're great. And, um, they, it, it's just easy enough access for them to get to the hay, but it takes them a while to get through it and they, and they move it and they roll it. It's really, it's really quite cute. It's kind Um, of like one of those balls for dog treats, horse size. Actually, it's exactly the same thing, except instead of being shaped in a dog treat, like hole, it's just a little round hole. That's so funny. (laughs) I didn't even think of that. Well, um, you know, the Hagen company um, has come out with something called the Forager. And I think this is very cool. A customer actually bought one and um, she was raving about it. So I went and looked it up. Um, It looks sort of like a garbage can with an opening uh, like a spider web almost of plastic. Mm -hmm. It's It's a top. And it's way better, I think, than a slow hay net because it's more in a natural position instead of the horse reaching up to get the hay. This is, you know, this sits in the corner of the stall and the horse would reach down and and grab a bite. And it looks like you can probably get, I mean, four or five flakes in there. So it's interesting. Uh, it's so interesting. Um, cause we have one that's very, I just looked this up, um, very similar to that, but it's, I don't know, remember the name of the company, but it's a tan barrel. Um, I didn't even think of this when we were, when you mentioned about, um, rehabbing, but we had every one of our horses, um, cause I hate hay nets because they're not eating off the ground and right. it's very similar to that. And this guy, if I could think of the company, I'm sorry, I can't, but they talk about, um, he really studied horses and how they grazed and what they did. And every time they pull from the ground and how they twist, you know, the, the grass out of the um, ground, they salivate and how sometimes they'll like eat for a little bit and then go stand in the corner and they sort of digest. Well, it's interesting because this is supposed to mimic that same thing where they it's a little plastic thing that goes on the top and there's holes in it and they have to, you know, turn it and twist it. Now I will tell you that some of the horses get very aggravated by it and they may or may not kick it around the stall to get the top <laughs> lid off. But what's nice about it is you can put like we do it for the evening and then that way all their night feed is in there, but it does keep them very occupied. That's another great thing. If you're having to rehab a horse much there, obviously it's a little hay ball I'm talking about fits maybe a uh, half a flake to a flake. Right. But, you know, this, this is a great idea. I, I didn't know they did that. I love Hagen. Yeah. What, it's a very, very, I love their steamers. And um, mm-hmm. this, is, this is a great idea. And especially for a horse that's laid up um, because they do need to eat all the time. And that will reduce some of their yeah. stress is to be Absolutely. able to stand there and, and eat. So the other tip is, the problem when you you have to get them out of the stall (laughs) yeah, 
and start the walking rehab, the hand walking, and they're just out of their minds. Um, yes. <laughs> that's when I like to go for a little paced calmer, um, something yeah. that will work fairly quickly. And, and there's always, you know, oral ACE if they're really bad. But I I have, have found in, in rehabbing a couple of horses that as soon as they hit the grass, they're good. It's getting mm-hmm. from the stall to where you're going to do a little hand walking on the grass. That can yeah. be <laughs> Very good point. <laughs> Katie bar the doors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I I just keep the protein up and keep their routine and I think grooming is is really really important again for circulation and just the sheer connection that they're not sitting there in their stall sort of ignored for a month or two or whatever. I think that's really important in the healing process and something that I learned from an animal communicator is to not see them as ill to not see them as broken because they will take that in. Mm. So you kind of want to see them as healthy and healing. That makes a lot of sense. It does. It does. If you guys have out there in, in podcast land, have any great ideas or experiences rehabbing horses, let us know on our Facebook page, healthy critters radio. I'm going to go ahead and call Hedwig one more time and call his life. Oh, Tigger, you can't expect her to just be available. You know, she's very rude. <laughs> Hello, Hedy. So Hi, Hedy. Hello, everyone. I'm just apologizing for my servant. I, I know, I know. What a jerk it, it, she is. It's, it's difficult to live what with humans. Yeah. I mean, inadequate care every day and failing to answer the phone properly. <laughs> yeah. You've got it rough. I do. You're correct on that. But I soldier forth. Well, I think we, um, George just wants to know more about you. So he thought he would ask the question. Oh, George. <laughs> I do not. Hi, George. <laughs> Hello, George, not Glenn. Hey, I know. How's it going? Yeah, definitely not Glenn. Definitely just going to say that flat as soon as the minute I get in here. Yep, not Glenn. Um, just really quick, was that a pun earlier that she has it rough? Because <laughs> I did catch that. I don't know if that was intentional. No, it was not intentional. Think of the people making the pun. <laughs> so Hedwig, um, I was just wondering, you know, um, I, I think everyone always has their favorite things. And I was just wondering, what are your favorite things or even obsessions even? My sister Christabel is my favorite being in the universe. Aww. I love her so much. I trust her to always be perfect. And I just do my very best to stay as close to her as Possible. She is my mm. numero uno. Aww. That's so Family sweet. Family is very important. I was, That's very sweet. 
Yes. So I was certain you would have said cheese. Me too. Yeah. Well, that's because you don't understand me that well. <laughs> so so if there was like a pile of cheese, like three tons of cheese on, on one, you know, plate, and then you have your sister on another, which one are you gonna go to first? I would let my sister have some cheese before I had any. Wow, that's the correct answer, everyone. Wow. It really was. That's the correct answer. Because if she's right next to her sister, then they're both going to be getting the cheese. So basically, it's a win-win. Hedwig, say yes twice if your sister is right next to you. I have had experience giving Christabel and Hedwig cheese. And let me just say that I do not recall ever Hedwig waiting for Christabel to have her cheese. Just saying. Oh. My servant gets oh. my sister cheese before me every day. Yeah, well, I, I, I don't. Well, you're not mm. very good at being staff. Do we need to review? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, let's not. Okay. I just feel like you walked That's into fair. that sugar. I did. <laughs> right into I it. Teach your dogs how to open up the treat room so I could have the treat. That was pretty. That was pretty smart of you. Yes. What are you yes. obsessed about? My sister. That's are you it. Slow? <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So well, like thanks, Eddie. Asking another question. <laughs> I see no, I asked and answered, I, you know, I am obsessed with my sister. If you take my sister away, I go nuts. Don't take my sister away. Okay. I don't think anybody wants to do that. No, sure. we we would not do that. Family is a very important thing. But I, don't, I, have to go. I don't know about an obsession. <laughs> it's better. Leave me with my sister. And a oh. pile of cheese. <laughs> yes, don't forget the cheese. All right, Hetty. Have a good week. Okay. Thanks, Hetty. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye, Hetty. So we're at the Patapedia, which is going to be Patatigapedia or Tigapatapedia. <laughs> I like that. Tigapatapedia. Um, and we were going to share five times. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're going to share some things that we can do for our animals and um, barns and whatnot uh, as the climate starts to get warmer to try to be uh, more energy efficient. Yeah. Um. And make our horses so, and dogs' lives more comfortable because, yeah. you know, it, the heat takes a lot out of the humans, the animals, the birds. Everything. Yeah. It does. So I, I have a couple of things that I thought were interesting. But why, what, why don't you, you, you must have some good ideas because you're such a thinker. <laughs> well, um, so smart. rain barrels. Right, have that down. Okay. Water collection, I think, is going to get more and more and more important. And uh, you know, I feel terrible for people in the West dealing with that horrible drought. 
um, I would think a rain barrel when you even get, you know, a tiny bit of rain is just a good backup supply to have. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been using rain barrels for a couple of years and they are great. I mean, we lose power a lot. Um, and this summer it's been hot and dry here. I mean, it's not been mm-hmm. drought, but um, having those rain barrels is a great way to keep watering the garden and keeping the bird baths filled and because the birds need water too. Mm-hmm. So rain barrels for me are, you know, and, and they're it's so easy. So, let me ask you a question. It's just so funny because literally last night, Peter and I were talking about that we were going to start doing rain barrels. We've had a tremendous amount of rain this year um, and it has not been hot, which has been great. But I, when I was doing a little research, I mean, so did you just get yours off the internet? Did you go into tractor supply? Like, where did you get yours? And obviously when, for the listeners who don't know anything about this, normally it's obviously collected off of a roof of a building, normally a house or a barn, or, yeah. you know, whatever. Where do you collect yours? Where'd you get your stuff? Um, I actually got it from Whole Foods <laughs> about, okay. Okay. I don't know, four years ago. Um, okay. I'm sure you can probably get them cheaper online, <laughs> but I just yeah. saw them and I went, oh, I know I need to have one. And now we yeah. have three. And how big, how big is yours? I don't know. How, I mean, um, how many gallons? It, I'm going to, I'm going to yeah, say. Yeah, like how many gallons? Maybe 30 or 40. Oh, maybe geez, 50. Okay. And do you wait till it gets, no, till it gets full? But okay. No, that's the, uh, that's the great thing about having multiple ones. Because, you know, rainwater, after a while, it, it could go a little stale. Mm-hmm. So um, if you have multiple ones around, then you can be using one, recollecting, and still have your backup. That's cool. Okay. And are they easy to set up? <laughs> yeah. Just put it at the corner of you know, there's, there's <laughs> a, a gutter. In. <laughs> yes, pretty much. Make sure your gutter is okay. clean, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, it's especially sure good for clean. water, <laughs> water, um, water in your garden, which is another really yeah. important thing to do as the climate gets warmer is mm-hmm. the ability to grow at least some food, not all food, but some right. food. Um, yeah. and it's also a good way to sequester carbon. And the other thing that I'm really big on is trees. And this is what the horses have taught me. When it gets really hot and we have run-in sheds and they leave the run-in sheds and go down to their pine fort. That's what I call it. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. a whole, it's a big grove of pine trees and they go in there and spend the hottest part of the day in that grove. Where it's cool. And the other thing that they do that's so interesting is we have cedars in some places along the fence lines and they will walk along and rub themselves against the cedars and they get that oil on their skin, which is an insect repellent. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Interesting. Well, and what's so great about trees is that, you know, they're just, uh, they call them the lungs of the earth. Yep. I, I think that's the coolest thing. But, you know, you don't think about this, but they, you know, they absorb pollutants and, um, you know, their and leaves. Carbon. Are, 
and yeah, and they're and they're trapping and filter, filtering, yep. you know, contaminants, and um, and they also obviously produce oxygen. But they're such so obviously they're great for shade, but they're also good in the winter, depending on the type of trees, as a wind block too. You bet. Um, so and, I think you can't go bad with trees. And and we typically around most barns there aren't a lot of trees. And this is for a mm-hmm. very good reason. You don't want the tree to fall on your barn. Totally understand. Right. But I would encourage people to think of some kind of of natural shade. Maybe it's cedars. Maybe it's um, – he wouldn't want pines because they can sort of they – they're not very deeply rooted. But, if, you know, but a certain distance easily, from – yes – a certain distance from the from the actual barn to to plant some of the um, you know oaks and maples and mm-hmm. the hardwood trees that you know live a hundred or two hundred years and really provide a cooling for the planet and for that's, your, uh, that's your farm. Good, yeah, that's a good thing to think about how long they last too. Because when we planted we planted some pin oaks, which are are faster growing. I didn't know that they, I, I don't even know what their, their longevity is, but I do think it's, you know, close to a hundred, I think, but you don't think about, you don't think about that. But also when you think about it, it, it this is going to sound silly, but that actually, you know, putting trees in increases your property value, which I would never have thought of, but you know, most hmm. people in most places are always looking for shade. That was the, when I was doing yeah. some research on like different things, yeah, they, it, they and I was like, oh, that's interesting. Because whenever I've looked for a house to be in, I always, I mean, to me, it's so important that there's trees. I mean, yep. it's just so important to me. So that's kind of an interesting. I plant a tree thing. a year. That's so smart. That does not surprise me. And so the other thing that I had, and I don't know much about, and I don't know if you do, is like solar power. Yeah, um, I'm. A I, lot of people I, here. And, I really want to go to solar myself. Do you? I do. They have a lot of programs in Texas because obviously there's a lot of sun, but um, there's actually most of the houses around me, I think, um, all have solar power. So that's going to be something that I would be interested in looking into. But that also could be a cool thing, um, I would think, for um, trying to do that at, at a barn or, you know, depending if you're looking for more light and you're, you know, it, putting in the, um, skylights, there's different mm-hmm. types of skylights that can actually block the sun from coming in, but let the, let the, let the, let it be lighter. There's a beautiful yeah. farm in Wellington. That's all solar. Oh, oh, where I think that, it's on it? South shore. No, wait a minute. Okay. It's not, it's not on South shore. It's on Greenbrier. Okay. And it's on the barn, it's on the house, and the owner told me that like her monthly some months she just sells back the power that her panels have generated back to the electric company. Mm-hmm. Um probably not in the summer, <laughs> but in the winter right. Like her electric bill, and it's a 20-stall barn. They're running water. I mean, everything. It was like, I don't know, $30 a month. Wow. Yeah. It was astounding. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's very cool. Um, 
I, I think if you live in a certain place where you've got wind, I, I, I think wind turbines, you know, an individual mm-hmm. turbine for your own house would be awesome. I don't, you have to have a minimum, I think, of 10 mile an hour winds. And um, I had the farm tested, we're only at nine and a half. <laughs> so, well, rats, rats. Oh, that's funny. Um, the other thing is non tilling the soil. And around a horse farm, oh. all the dust from tilling, all the, um, you know, you're wrecking the soil web when you when you till. And that's why so many organic farmers are moving away from from tilling in the conventional way of big, heavy tractors, p- compressing the earth, raising dust. I mean, we've all seen it when they're plowing mm-hmm. and just the dust clouds are everywhere. And that just goes up in the atmosphere and again, contributes to warming. So now they're using these, um, they're, I call, I, I don't know what the technical farming term is, but they, they like drill little holes in the ground and put the seed in without having to dig a trench. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's very cool. I mean, we, in our garden, we haven't used anything for 10 years. Uh, oh pe- wow yeah um we don't use rotor tillers or anything like that that's amazing yeah it, and of course having manure you know i know some places mm-hmm. municipalities you've got to haul it away but um it's really good to spread on your fields and we need mm-hmm. to get back to that um so that we don't have to put so many chemicals on the fields. Right. You know, we can, we can naturally fertilize and you can make, you know, your garden so much more healthy by using composted food and composted manure. Um, and, and really that's, it's that cycle um, yeah. that, that we interrupt too often. You know, decay and rebirth, decay mm-hmm. and rebirth. Yeah, so. it is. Um, it's it's it amazing. I uh, we just this week uh, came out looked at the property we have across the way, and we were thinking about spreading our manure. And um, one of my clients, both of them work for, it's not the extension service, but one one um, understands the minerals and nutrients uh-huh. in the soil and the other understands another aspect of it. So, but there are a couple and it was fascinating to go out in the field and there's these GPS gauges that you can download on your phone and be looking at the soil content that you're standing on, which is fast, fascinating, That's great. freaky, but also fascinating. But, you know, but like one of the things that I never would have thought of, it's, you know, it's grazed by, uh, it's, it's untouched, doesn't get fertilized, doesn't, you know, anything, it gets cut and whatever. And there's cows that are on it. But he turned over a cow potty. He goes, this is one of the things that you can see. It has to be more of a dry cow potty uh, patty to see um, what's going on with the nutrients in the grasses and the, t- and the soil. And he said, so when you pull it over, and obviously it's kind of like a briquette, and if there's not sort of holes in it and kind of bugs growing through it and kind of like grass, you're, you, you don't have enough nutrients. And um, so it was a 
it was interesting to see why it became such a great idea for us to spread the manure there. And then his wife was like, okay, and the acidity and the manure versus what the mineral uh-huh. content or whatever. Like it was just, and I was just, I was like, oh, wow, I just wanted to put poop over here. <laughs> Look at that. Look at that. I'm helping the field. And it will just, you know, make it nutrient dense. And it was just, and that it was just, it was just fascinating. I, I loved that. I didn't ever think of it from that angle. So that was pretty cool. Well, I think it's great that you've got cattle and horses. I think diversity is going to be part of our solutions to dealing with a warmer planet. I, mm-hmm. I mean, just having a monoculture of a horse farm. I I really mm-hmm. admire the horse farms that have some goats, you know, and chickens. Yeah. And um, again, biodiversity is really, really important. I agree. I agree. Well, this is a this is a cool thing to do. I think that these are tons of great ideas and easy ones too. I think. Yes. Planting a tree is an easy thing. And getting yeah, a rain barrel. Very easy. Yeah. It's very easy. I'm going to do that next week. Oh, I've lots of homework. <laughs> Today in Critter Nutrition. We're going to, I'm going to share my journey of bridging Eastern medicine and Western science. In 2001, a friend gave me a book on Ayurveda called The Complete Book of Ayurvedic Home Remedies by Vasant Ladd. The author is a master of Ayurvedic science and served as a medical director of the Ayurveda Hospital in Pune, India. He served as professor of clinical medicine at Pune University College of Ayurvedic Medicine. The concept of Ayurveda, meaning science of life in Sanskrit, resonated with me in the first few pages of the book. It felt familiar in a strange way, although the words like doshas and ojas and agni were foreign to me. I wanted to learn more. So began my journey from a Western science perspective to learning an Eastern perspective. The path is never a straight line. When I began formulating Biostar supplements in 2007, I included some Ayurvedic plants that I knew were harmonizing to the body system into the formulations. There was pushback from customers. Ayurveda sounded strange to a lot of horse owners, and plant names like Tulsi and Ashwagandha were unfamiliar to them. I retreated for a while to a more westernized approach to formulating supplements and focused on imbalance. Meanwhile, I kept studying and learning about Ayurveda and applying the Ayurvedic principles and plants to my own horses and dogs and myself. Luckily, in the past decade, more and more scientific studies in the West were being conducted and published on Ayurvedic and Chinese medicine plants, fungi, spices, and foods. This research has demonstrated that many of the plants and fungi used in ancient medicine traditions have validity and efficacy. Ayurveda is all about balance, how food, plants, and lifestyle can counteract current imbalances or disharmony in the body. The focus is not just on one organ or body system that is out of balance, The focus is on all the systems that are connected to the imbalanced element of the body. This is the triad of mind, body, spirit. 
it is one of the big differences between Eastern philosophy on healing and well-being and Western medicine. Ayurveda has been used for thousands of years based on the doctrines of all things in the universe, both living and non-living, are joined together. There is a deep connection between self and the environment. There is balanced connectivity that ensures good health. Ayurveda centers around the five elements, space, air, fire, water, and earth. Chinese medicine and Ayurvedic philosophy share many of the same fundamental truths. Like Ayurveda, Chinese medicine has been used for thousands of years and is not focused on the disease or symptoms, but on harmonizing the body system and returning the body to balance. Both of these Eastern medicine practices center around the five elements. In Chinese medicine, these elements are water, earth, metal, wood, and fire. Chinese medicine focuses on balance between yin and yang, masculine and feminine, doing versus being. Qi is the circulating life force that binds together all things in the universe. Qi needs balance in order to maintain good health. Western medicine focuses on the symptoms of the imbalance, illness, disease, and treating those symptoms. Benefits of Western medicine continue to be shown in the many life-saving pharmacological medicines and treatments that exist. Following the heart path. Little by little over the years, I began formulating based on Ayurvedic medicine and Chinese medicine principles. I also relied on Western science for validation and published research, plus a dose of intuition. My heart resonates with Eastern medicine. I am no master of it, but I am a devoted student, listening, paying attention, and learning. Connections of the body and mind. I no longer look at a horse or dog's imbalance in a linear way. I look for the connections of body-mind, stress, lifestyle, food, environment, and the relationship of the varied body systems at large. If a horse has a gastric ulcer, for instance, I look at the corresponding systems, adrenal gland, immune system, and brain. To focus on just healing the ulcer ignores the other components in the body that are affected. It is the connectivity that is critical. The concept of connectivity in the body reflects the connectivity all around us in nature. Trees take care of each other via their root systems. Mycelium in the soil provides the symbiotic network for beneficial bacteria and delivery of minerals to support the plant roots. The webs of connectivity are the threads that weave through the universe. East and West, we need both. For the long-term health of our horses and dogs and ourselves, we need the evidence-based structure of Western medicine. We also need the connectivity and balance foundation of Eastern medicine. We need pharmacology to target the disease and the specific condition. We also need the plants, foods, and fungi to support the body systems and reharmonize the body-mind. We need the Western modalities of ultrasound, shockwave, lasers, and surgical intervention. We also need the Eastern modalities of acupuncture, acupressure, massage, meditation, and yoga. Meditation is especially useful for us humans who are the caregivers to our animals. 
When we de-stress, our animals de-stress. We are all connected. Chi Solutions. Biostar is launching a new division called Chi Solutions. This new part of Biostar is a bridge between East and West. We will begin with a few new formulas this fall and properly launch Chi Solutions in January 2022. Featuring ingredients used in Ayurvedic and Chinese medicine, backed by Western research and clinicals. We will also incorporate time-tested and honored healing traditions of fermentation into several new products. We will focus on products that address imbalances while helping to reharmonize the body-mind, focusing on connectivity. Remedium Nadi EQ is the first product in the Chi Solutions family is being launched September 1. Remedium Nadi EQ is formulated to support a balanced inflammatory response. Remedium is the Latin word for relief, and Nadi is the Ayurvedic term for channel of energies throughout the body. Sun E1000, the second product in Chi Solutions, will be coming in November 2021. Sun E1000 is a vitamin E from non-GMO sunflower oil grown and processed in Spain. Sunflowers are called Surya Mukhi in India and have been used for centuries. Sunflower oil is, in fact, the most common oil in India. Biostar has never had a vitamin E product before because the sources of vitamin E available have either been 100% synthetic or from soy or palm. Soy can be an allergen or irritant for many horses and dogs. The fact that so much of the soy used for vitamin E production is from genetically modified soy is not a source we will use at Biostar. Palm, as a vitamin E source, has created an environmental disaster in Indonesia. The burning of one-third of the rainforest for palm plantation has displaced the already endangered Sumatran tiger, Borneo elephant, and the orangutan. Palm plantations provide no biodiversity. Due to the environmental impacts of palm in Southeast Asia, Latin America, and Africa, Biostar will not use this vitamin E source. Biostar is honored to be the first equine supplement company to offer potent vitamin E from vitamin E from sunflower oil. Sun E1000 provides 1,000 international units per serving. It will also be available in a smaller dose for dogs. Making the connection. When I walk in the forest at the farm with my dogs, I think about my steps on the forest floor, the network of life between my feet and under my feet. I look up at the trees, the rooted sentinels that can talk to the sky, I think about their rhizomes deep in the earth, relaying information to the other trees, sharing nutrients, and providing support. The forest is both cooperative and connected. Ayurveda and Chinese medicine may be old. Some may consider them outdated and not technologically advanced. But to me, these ancient healing philosophies remind and return us to the essence of planetary life. We are all in this together. The plants, animals, birds, reptiles, humans, water, trees, rocks, soil, microbes, and air. May each of us be a bridge of connectedness. Real horses and real dogs are healthier, perform better, and recover more quickly on real food. 
That's why Biostar empowers horse and canine owners with 100% whole food nutrition, supplements, and feeding programs. Biostar products are made at their own certified non-GMO facility in Gordonsville, Virginia, using real fruit ingredients that are raw, freeze-dried, or dehydrated, never cooked, and are free from artificial flavors, colors, soy, corn, wheat, and molasses. The Biostar product line includes a wide range of whole food, horse and dog supplements, treats, and unique artisan poultices that embrace the ancient and traditional uses of clay and plants. Visit BiostarUS.com today and learn about whole foods and canine and equine nutrition so you can make the best decisions about the care and health of your horses and dogs. That's BiostarUS.com. Whole food nutrition the way nature intended. So we are at Coffee Clutch, and we're going to do a delightful <laughs> discussion or or topic of our favorite dog movies. And I'm going to admit, when Tigger first said this, I drew a blank. And then I just did a little research, and now I've gone crazy. Now, Tigger, I want you to tell me. I just want to make it clear to both of y'all, I'm going to go first. Okay. <laughs> Number one. But I want you, Tigger, to tell me what you think is probably, I have many favorites, but what do you think is my number one favorite? Okay, so I'll listen to your list, and then I will tell you what I think your top choice is. And then you can do the same with mine. Okay, but I just feel like you know. I just think that you know what my probably number one would be. Okay. Do you know? Well, not until you give me the list. (laughs) Well, no, but you have to guess it. Oh, my God! (laughs) <laughs> oh, I didn't, I didn't know you were going to make this hard. <laughs> well, it, I just I just really thought you would know. I, I, I don't. So it's not something. Okay. I, I can tell you what one. it isn't. What? Cujo. <laughs> True. I got to tell you. Hey. I, I only ever watched this. Well, yeah, but poor George was like, wait a minute. Uh, wait a minute. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Yeah, wait a minute. Okay. It was not Cujo. However this would be at the top of so many of these that I love. Okay. Cause there's a couple of them that, okay. Okay. But I want you to give the list and then I'm going to pick from that list. What I think your favorite is. Okay. So I'm just going to, okay. So I'm just going to, okay. All right. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give the whole list. Okay. Not in any particular order. Call of the wild. Homeward bound. Best of show. Lady in the tramp. Milo and Otis. Beethoven. Marley and me, and Balto. Homeward Bound. Oh yeah, that's a good one. But I had I had best of show because I laughed my butt off. I have best, best of show, show in my list too. I okay, love okay. that movie. Yeah, but it's but not I've my tell you, ultimate ha- favorite. Okay, and I, I Homeward Bound. I, oh, I love that one, but I, I, there was, it was hard for me to watch, but Milo and Otis, I really loved, but that was also hard for me to watch. But call of the wild was really good. That Again, was some really of these good. were hard to watch. And yeah. lady in the um, tramp. It's just, lady it's my child. Ramp. This right big there. Getty scene. Oh. Uh, and I was going to, I was going to say 101 Dalmatians, but I didn't like the whole premise behind it. I didn't either. <laughs> Which is stupid. Making but, dogs but, out of a um, coat. Yeah. But Marley, me, a coat I mean, come on. Yeah. And Marley and me is, um, is, 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 yeah. 
it's a warm heart. And Beethoven was so funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I okay. have Bess's right. show, Lady in the Tramp, okay. but one that you don't have. I'm going to be mad. I just know it. But Up. Oh. I, I love loved that. Up. Oh, that dog. I Doug. Loved squirrel. I, I, yeah, Doug. Doug. Squirrel. Oh, yeah. Up was awesome. That was awesome. I'd also like to mention, I, I also wish uh, to have a dog collar that translates my dog. I just feel like it'd be very useful oh, yeah, and annoying. Um, <laughs> but hopefully only the one end, not the other end, because as of a person who also has Frenchies, they can make a lot of noises. <laughs> I'm just saying. Constant snort translations through the collar. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Snorts. Little crunchy tooth. Okay, George, what did you have? Okay, so shall I give you my list as well? Yes. Okay, here we go. All right, so uh, we'll start out easy. Uh, Balto, uh, Cujo, uh, Oliver and Company, uh, (laughs) Scooby Doo, and Courage the Cowardly Dog. I've never even heard of that. Oh, well done. (laughs) For which one? Okay. Courage the Cowardly Dog? Uh, admittedly, yeah, it's a TV show, and it's it's a cartoon show for when I was growing up, and uh, I honestly loved it to death. It, if you'll notice, two of my favorite dogs here, if, well, do you want to guess what my favorite one is out of that? Or? Scooby. That is correct. Um, so it's yeah, either okay. between Scooby-Doo or Courage the Cowardly Dog, mainly because I'm kind of I think I've got to start calling you Scooby. Yeah, you're going to have to watch that. Yeah, Yeah, forget it. You are no longer George. <laughs> you are Scooby to us. Scooby. Okay, Scooby Snacks Scooby. looked really delicious, so it's fine by me. <laughs> um, but yeah, Courage and is a TV abundant. show, so I was like, Scooby-Doo might be better. I don't know. Uh, but I highly recommend it. They're both cartoon dogs that deal with horror situations in a very comedic manner. So I love them a lot. <laughs> and and that makes sense when you also have Cujo in the li- on the list. Yeah, horror I know. seems to be a a trend with you. Uh, Could you tell I like horror movies and other themed properties? Yeah. Did you like um, yeah. Hounds of the Baskervilles? Hounds of Baskerville, yeah. Um, that's Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. It's Sherlock Tra- yeah. uh, Holmes. Yeah. Yeah. Quite a movie. Well, oh, the movie. Oh, no. Then I have no idea, actually. <laughs> oh, really? I, I mean, only I, know about the book. Yeah. It It's probably from the 30s or 40s. Uh, Sir Basil Rathbone. Oh, my gosh. That is oh, yeah. the it's best classic. Sherlock Holmes yes. actor. Yes. Yes. Oh, I know about this. I had a brief phase. Oh, my gosh. And welcome to the podcast. Um, brief phase in high school where I was obsessed with Sherlock Holmes and Moriarty. So <laughs> I know. Really? That. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, but cool. Uh, those are my dogs. <laughs> okay. That's their names? Okay. Yep. That's their names. Courage the Cowardly Dog. I have to use the full name, though, or else they get confused. <laughs> and why did you mention The Wizard of Oz? I just... I, I I had money on the fact that you would say Wizard of Oz and Toto. Uh, me? Um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I mean, look, Toto, very brave pooch. Honestly, the only one who's getting stuff done in the plot, let's be honest. But uh, it's not really what I thought of. You know what? It, it, you know, it's a very um, silent character, very soft spoken. Uh, doesn't have a lot of things yep. to say, but we are you know, rooting for them for sure. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, Wait, did to, yeah. by the way, I'm sorry. Did Toto ever get their wish granted at all? Like everyone else got wish granted. Did Toto get anything? 
he got to go back to Kansas. Oh, okay. Everyone else got that, but all right, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And he exposed the wizard. That's true. And he was the one who made it happen in the first place. At least give the dog like a treat mm-hmm. or something or like a new collar that's like an emerald oh, collar. Ever notice? He never was fed the whole time during the whole movie. Wow. <laughs> Dang, I, Dorothy. I you I that. Munchkins. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that really funny? There did seem to be a few less. Well, they always said that movie had so many tragedies. Maybe that, that was one of them. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Well, um, you know, because more people are are spending time at home, if you haven't seen any of these movies or you kind of want a feel good movie, you know, please refer to Patty's don't list. Watch Cujo. <laughs> I, was, I was just about <laughs> to say, like, hold on, there's Cujo. a couple on my list that don't <laughs> aren't feel good. <laughs> Do not watch Cujo, especially yeah, if you no. have a thing. If you're if you don't like windows to get really gross and dirty, that was like, Whoa. yeah, no, stick to Scooby Doo. No, that's a great, that's a safe bet. Okay, Scooby Doo. Sure. Yeah, perfect. Thanks for listening, everyone, and thanks to our sponsor, BioStar US. You can find them online at BioStarUS.com. Get the Horse Radio Network phone app on iOS or Android by searching for Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It's free and easy to use. For details about today's show, go to HealthyCrittersRadio.com, where you can find links, photos, and more information about our guests. As always, we love your feedback. Please follow us on Facebook under Healthy Critters Radio. Be sure to visit all the great shows on Horse Radio Network at HorseRadioNetwork.com. Love your dog. Hug your horse. Feed your chickens. Clean your litter box. Dance with your goat. Slither with your snakes. Howl at the moon. Hang with your hamster. Party with your parrot. Waddle with your walrus. Outwit your otter. Cuddle your cows. Rap with your raptor. Go chipping with your chipmunks. Forgive your fox. While hedging your hog. We also recommend that you rack with your raccoon. Gyrate with your giraffe. Meditate with a meerkat. Uber with your orangutan. Facebook with your flamingo. Ponder with your panda. Walk with your wookie. Yawn with your yak. Twitter with your toucan. Go raining with your reindeer. Dropbox your dragon. (laughs) 